What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 184 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Matt Deitch. Dude, what's going on? Just, you know, August is winding down. August is winding down, and you're getting ready to head back to work. You I are am. officially off the unemployment line. <laughs> That's right. I'm about back damn to, time. Yeah, I'm about ready. I'm ready to get back into a routine. Yeah. yeah. It always gets to this time of the year, and, you know, you twiddle your thumbs enough. It's it's time to get back. Yep. Now now so as of right now you have not had students, but when this right. episode drops tomorrow morning, yep. uh that's that's the day when the all madness, hell breaks loose. The madness begins. There's yep. tears, there's you know, smiles, laughter, there's a little bit of everything. What's that's your, just me. No. What's your cre- <laughs> <laughs> craziest first day of school like i mean have you ever had a kid just go bananas have you ever uh um, um never i mean had a few uh refusing to get out of the car when their parents drop them off kind that of could deal. be my nephew bowen it could <laughs> you know, be my brother it, has warned well, there's, there's a lot of tears that first day especially those younger ones uh i get the kindergartners at the end of the day and by that time they're pretty much hashed and I get a lot of, I just want to go home, or I'm so tired, and their eyes are, you know, they're they're almost falling asleep in my class, but yep. I, I get that. Yep. It's a pretty big shock to their system, but yep. as far as, like, crazy stories go, uh, nothing too bad. Nothing just, too you know, crazy. Like I said, just just a lot of tears, and yep. <laughs> trying to get them excited. Usually when they come to my class and they realize okay, we can run around and all that, then it's then they're, you know, kind of perk up a little bit. So obviously, like, the first week has kind of got to be that, uh, you know, everyone's kind of settling, you know, try, trying to get back into the swing of things. But by the second week, most people are probably kind of settled in, don't you think? Or, oh, the, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The kids definitely are. Uh, they have no choice because <laughs> some of them teachers, it's like... <laughs> yeah. day one getting homework. homework i can't yeah. i can't with that stuff i mean and i mean i guess i'm in a different position as far as that goes but you know that first week couple weeks of school i just kind of know the kids are acclimating to it and yep. i'm trying to get a lot of their names down you get it you see a few new faces and everything oh, so yeah. yep i mean you always know you learn the they always it's true what they say you always learn the ones that are a little rambunctious and rowdy you know their names in a hurry it's i believe like, that you remember theirs so i believe that and sometimes they'll throw twins in there and that one always kind of gets you and you just <laughs> or if there's a couple kids that you just not sure you just yell a name and all of a sudden they'll be like oh i'm over here i'm like yeah that's what i mean i know i was yeah i know i saw you over there <laughs> that's who i was talking to <laughs> so i was looking the wrong way to see if you knew your name <laughs> exactly oh i've used that before yeah. No, no. Well, good luck tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it all goes smoothly. But. Every every day. For, well, you you got to deal with Ramsey every day, so it's <laughs> pretty similar to it's what worse. I deal with. So it's worse. It's kind of like it's kind of like dealing with Josh Heitkamp over at Dakota Angler. It is. So uh, this episode is brought to you by our good buddies over at Dakota Angler. Josh, Todd, Nick, uh, go see them over in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, for for all your tackle bait. Uh, you know they got they got fishing rods they got everything there at Dakota Angler and uh, we are officially closing in on the Ice Institute only uh, it, it keeps getting closer we're I mean, almost close to a two months yeah I know it's, beginning of November is the yeah. Ice Institute and uh, a lot of the companies are starting to uh, to unveil their new products and uh, um, you know Striker I know came out with a bunch of stuff Clam just came out with a bunch of stuff and uh, I'm sure. Uh, well, I think Otter already came out with their stuff here a couple weeks ago, but uh, um, everything you need is going to be at Dakota Angler, but uh, if you want to wait for the best deals of all of the ice season, it doesn't matter where the heck you're from, go to the Ice Institute. Last year, there was people that drove down to the Ice Institute from frickin' like Minneapolis. Yeah. I mean, you and know, just, this, just to buy one thing. Oh, yeah, because there's better deals there than what right. there is at the St. Paul show, I believe. Yeah, so definitely start, you know, getting your list ready. Start checking, see what's out there, what you're, what you're gonna want to get, and yep. they're starting to put a lot of the vendors up who are gonna be there. So yep. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think this year is is as bad as last year uh, with the tackle shortages and and the product shortages. Um, I think that. Uh, uh, everything's kind of straightened out a little bit more this year, but uh, I still think it's probably one of those deals. Uh, if 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 you've got something. Uh, in your sights and you're wanting to to get something um probably get it get it when you see it yep you don't want to be the you want to want to be the one left out sitting no, there watching right. your buddy sit there in a nice new shack when yep. that could have been you 
Don't let it be you. Don't, don't let, let it be you. you. But and if you can't, just relax. We don't need any arguments over yeah. there for anything. So just go and punch your buddy in the face and take yeah. his shack. Like, hey, that's a nice looking shack. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also do check out www.decodeangler.com. Use the promo code Dirtbag if you are a dirtbag and listening to this program. Uh, that'll get you an extra ten percent off your order. Uh, we've mentioned it before. Super fast shipping. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, if you if you live here in the Upper Midwest, I got a feeling that if you buy something today, chances are you might be seeing it tomorrow. So yeah, it's not going to take long to get it nope. there to you. They beat Amazon. Beat them bad. That's right. Beat them bad. Uh, Matt, we had Austin Felix, uh, Minnesota, I believe Eden Prairie, Minnesota, yep. uh, went ahead and decided he was just going to take home his uh, his first uh, Bassmaster Elite Series Derb, and he got it done in South Dakota out there on Lake Oahe. Uh, pretty pretty awesome, 71 pounds uh, over a four-day tournament. Pretty incredible that they got four days in yeah, out on that, Oahe. that was the most impressive thing. Uh, it was kind of funny listening to all the pros talk about it like they really interacted with the locals this week it seemed yep, like and yep. they always do when they go to places but like i really liked hearing the stories of them going out and being like oh, it's 20 to 30 mile an hour winds and and the locals are like yeah it's not too bad today yeah, not too bad. pretty it's, nice it's not i mean it's not terrible today and the pros were kind of like well, what yep. it's just like oh yeah sometimes it's you know 30 40 out there so there's uh there's not a lot of wind blocks in south dakota <laughs> no there's not it's not like well okay we can well, we'll be able to get out of it over here it yep. just doesn't seem like you can ever get away from the wind out there yep and and you can i mean you can tuck into a little bay you know behind a big hill and whatnot but the fact of the matter is you still got to and you know some of those guys i'm sure were running up river down river a long ways and uh, somebody uh, i think somebody was talking about how they went about 80 miles or 80 something miles like no kidding but i guess when you got one of those boats and you're cooking along at 70 miles an hour there's one thing about the river i mean yeah. you can you can put her wide open there's there's a lot of water there to to you know fly down but it was, uh, was kind of cool like to listen to those guys talk to about like the type of small mouse out there how they are act, how they act differently than other places yep. they're pretty nomadic uh i can't remember who it was was talking about uh they saw like a hundred like a school of a hundred of them on their live scope come up and attack their topwater bait and they caught one and as soon as he got that one and went got it to go back out there they were gone already gone and uh did you hear zaldane's story at all no he was fishing on the third day i think it was and he lost two rods to fish really yeah because and I've had this happen to me out there on the Missouri River before. He had a drop shot hooked up, and he had it dangling over the side of his boat while <laughs> he was, came and got it. And they came up and grabbed it. And he says, by the time I turned around and realized what was going on, bloop, over to the side he went. And he said it's happened twice. Wow. I think Tyler Rivette actually on like Bass Live had it happen. He really? Was, he was had his rod sitting there on the side of his boat, and he was doing something sitting down. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, 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 and he grabbed it, and he's like, there's another. I mean, it was a little one. It wasn't a keeper, but it was still cool to see, like, I mean, just came up and just grabbed it right at the side of the boat. And we're talking about in pretty deep of water, too. Right, right. Um, no, I, I I, think Oahe, for for what it's worth, you know, I mean, obviously, everyone going into it realized it wasn't going to be a St. Lawrence tournament, you know, over four days, they weren't going to sack up 100 pounds. But, you know, to, to weigh in 71 pounds of smallmouth, on a place like Oahe where, you know, the weather can be so unpredictable and everything. I, I got a feeling a lot of those guys drove away thinking, you know what, that that wasn't too bad. You know, it, it's something completely – there there was not one guy there that, that could probably say like, man, you know, uh, it, it's one of those very few tournaments that – that no one had like major home field advantage on. Right. Even, yeah, even the exactly. Minnesota guys, you know, I mean, the Minnesota guys, uh, you know, maybe they had seen Oahe a time or two, but no one's like, whoo, you know, this is my home waters. You know, you, you get up there to the St. Lawrence River and it, and, you know, obviously the Johnstons are going to yeah. be players. You know, I mean, you get down to, uh, to Gunnersville and Gerald Swindle, you know, lives on the lake. And, you yeah. know, the, no matter where you go, Lake Fork, Lee Livesey, but, uh, you know, there's, there's all these things all around. But but no one was gonna say like ooh Oahe you know that's my lake yeah. it, it, and and so that kind of makes it cool you know it was an even playing field for everybody yeah and it definitely and a lot of strategy came into play out there too because I think Jay secure it and you know on his second day he only had like six pounds six or eight pounds something like that oh really and the reason that happened is because he went and caught these fish 
and then he thought it was going to blow really bad in the afternoon so he left that spot to go fish other ones because he was worried he wasn't going to get the back to the ramp if the wind came back up. okay so you know that kind of came into play too with and there was a few guys that were that way so yep. i don't know it's always kind of fun you know austin felix he had like 23 pounds the second day i mean yeah that's he, incredible I mean, just an awesome day and yep. yeah it was kind of cool to see something different like they said it's kind of cool to go out into a body of water and not see a boat dock anywhere anywhere so yep. um you know i i guess I'm, I'm going to bring it up. We're kind of on the subject here, and uh, um, it got brought up to us. Uh, Lee Livesey, uh, I'm sure plenty of you people saw it, but uh, Lee Livesey, one of the Bassmaster Elite Series anglers, yeah. uh, posted uh, on one of his practice days a picture of a 13.86-pound walleye and uh, talked about how it was new personal record. Um, you know, I mean, absolute dandy fish, but the eyeballs were popping out of it and it, it, it just, it didn't do much, uh, for the fish. And then he went ahead and, and said that he caught it out of 74 foot of water. And I gotta say social media kind of blew up. It did. Kind of blew up. And, and, uh, you know, I, I guess we'll we'll talk about it here for a second. I'm 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 kind of probably somewhere in the middle, Matt. I'm assuming you're somewhere in the middle too. Um, you know what what I'm gonna assume happened is a lot of these guys were driving around graphing, uh, you know, on their practice days, and I got a feeling what Lee saw was a seventy or you know a mark down at seventy four feet, and was like, what the heck is that? So he decided to drop on it, set the hook, got it up, huge walleye holy smokes like you know yeah. whatever yeah and and i i don't know if there's any truth to it because some people kind of went after him on facebook he said he ate it i don't know if he ate it i don't know if he put it on the wall i don't know what he did with it i hope he ate it or he put it on the wall but uh um yeah pro probably kind of a black eye for bass fishermen probably kind of a black eye for for bass master nah, i don't know those things happen that's a big fish. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you see a lot of, yeah, it's just that it, kind of that endless battle between bass fishermen and walleye fishermen. I mean, you see plenty of walleye guys, you know, with a bass on the flay table and stuff like that. And sometimes they're big, they're trophy class fish, just like that is. So, so, so this is my thing. I've got no issue with him. If he ate it, I've right. got no issue with him. If he put it on his wall, his license says that he can do that. But ethically, is it a smart thing to do to drop on a fish in 74, 74 foot water? Foot, that's the thing. I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Like, even if it's a big bass, I mean, you if, if it is it. a big bass, are you going to eat it? Well, right. Yeah, exactly. Or, right. or are you going to get it up and it's going to be dead and you're going to throw it off the back of your boat and pretend or hope no one saw you? Oh, I know. You I, know, what I, if it was a catfish? No, I totally get what you're, what you're saying there. I, it's, I mean, yeah, just leave the mystery as what it is deep down in there i mean about the only fish that's going to survive that is probably a lake trout so, right right I mean, and i mean don't get me wrong like it'd be hard for me too like you know geez 74 foot of water down there like what the heck is that you know i mean you got a big heavy drop shot tied on like ah, piss on it i'll drop straight down on it and see what happens but i just i i don't know ethically i i i'm kind of questioning it because if it was a small mouth and he would have gotten it up what are you going to do with it? If it oh, was a catfish right. and you get it up, what are you going to do with it? Um, well, what because is, what, I think I know what he's going to do with it. What are you going to do in, in the tournament fishing that deep? I mean, cause well, that, that's just it. I you mean, got no business of, doing it. Most of those fit. I mean, if you do even find a, a school of bass out there, I mean, so you're going to kill all five. I mean, every fish that you bring right, in, go so in and then take you, a penalty so then, on every, and then you're going to have to hope that every fish you catch is a huge bass because you can't throw it back. Right. I mean, right. So that, that's kind of, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, if, if I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I feel like he realized how special that fish was, right. you know, obviously that's why he, he made a Shit. picture of right. it. But, um, I I'd say the black eye comes because I think there's a lot of people that already question, uh, whether or not tournaments are good for a body of water. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit different out there in Oahe because I'm sure all the walleye fishermen think, you know, golly, if they happen to kill even 20% of the fish they bring <laughs> right. in, you know, spectacular. But, um, I, I don't know. I I'd say, I'd say there is a slight black eye. Um, you know, I guess 
who knows uh you know social media works fast you know this next week there's going to be something else that happens and people are going to forget about it but uh um, we did get a couple messages from people that wanted us to talk about it so that's uh that's really truly how i feel and uh um yeah i i it it, it was probably it was probably a little bit of a poor decision but uh you know yeah, it is what it is, I guess. I wonder how many times that, that things like that happen when those guys are pre-fishing. And they don't obviously show it or something like that. Like, ah, I mean, you pull a fish up. Well, with that being said, too, they're not fishing a ton of lakes that get 74 foot oh, right. deep. You know, I mean, Lee Livesey being from down there in Texas, probably the deepest water that old boy's ever <laughs> been in. And I don't know, like, how this works when you catch a fish from that deep and their eyes bulge out like that. If you can kind of push them in a little bit, I mean, he could have pushed them in a little bit for the picture. Just try, man. Just, just try, try or something. I mean, at that point you're not harming the fish anymore because it's already dead. So, I mean, just try to, you know, pop them suckers. So they look halfway decent. I mean, we put that picture on, on there, on our yep, page yep. and those things are, I mean, bug eyed old thing. It, it, it wasn't, it was, it, it was attention grabbing, you know, I guess there too, if you do it too, maybe don't put it on Facebook. Right. Maybe just, and, and I suppose, you know, I suppose he, he really had no clue, you know, being from Texas, he didn't know the can of worms that he was opening up. But, but if some walleye angler from South Dakota goes down to Lake Fork and catches a 14 pounder and, uh, takes a picture of him putting a knife to it at the at the cleaning station like yeah. you know people's heads are probably going to explode down there too and, lee, and i guess lee i know lee did listens to the podcast he so does he does next, faithful next, listener next time that happens lee just send the picture to me and i can photoshop those eyes for you yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly nope so uh um moving along uh last week we did a uh this or that um we did a this or that uh uh, segment and we actually got a lot of messages a lot of people talked to me uh up at clam pro day and whatnot uh about how about how fun they thought that that really was and uh um actually rod woten a past guest uh um came up to me and he said that he listens to a podcast where they do the uh uh they do the marry one screw one kill one and uh he, he said <laughs> you know man you should do something like that and and you know uh so I so I kind of thought about it and I'm like, God dang it, that would be a hell of a lot of fun. Man, I'm trying to think what I would do with Rod in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> You'd marry him. You'd yeah, marry I him. know I would. I um, know I would. But uh, um, no, I I so I, I kind of got to thinking. You know, obviously this show we try to keep it uh, more PG, maybe PG thirteen from time to time, and uh, um, you know, with the people that we talk about being. Uh, um, up here in the upper Midwest, uh, uh, some of the people that we would potentially talk about, uh, might listen to the show. And, and if Matt says that he wants to screw him, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know where that would go. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to be the, uh, the one responsible for Matt's marriage collapsing. Like I just, it'd be awkward. It'd be really awkward. So, oh, so I decided instead of, of Mary screw, Mary screw and kill, we would do, uh, which one you would prefer to have as your brother-in-law which one you would prefer to have as a roommate and which one you would prefer to have as a lifetime fishing partner. Like Ooh. you can't fish with anybody else. Just that person. Yep. yep. So, uh, brother-in-law, brother-in-law. So, so I know you don't have a sister and neither do right. I. So I can't exactly imagine what it would be like to, to, uh, you know, have some hot little blonde sister that, you know, some dudes trying to nail, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm just being honest with you. <laughs> that goes, this yeah, is, that, there you go, all you dirt bags that have sisters. So. Yeah, yeah. If she's a little blonde vixen, <laughs> you just know the other, the opposite part of that. Don't exactly. You? Well, that's you know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, way. I know what it was like to be a little 17 year old <laughs> sniffing around, and and uh, you you so do too. Her brothers. Yeah, yeah. The OI. Like, yeah. So right, that's where this comes punk. in. That's where this comes all in. Right. You know, like, you know, I, I mean, do you want some? Y- you know, if he's a respectable guy, you know, then it's like, you know what? I guess I'll let him be my brother-in-law. But, uh, you know, maybe you want him as a roommate. Maybe you want him as a lifetime fishing partner. So that's where we're going here. All that's right. where we're going. And and maybe maybe we'll have to make tweaks to this. Maybe this isn't exactly uh, uh, the right thing. But uh, um, I'm thinking, you know, kind of 
throughout the next couple episodes we'll kind of sprinkle a couple guys in there and and we'll see what see, uh, what's up. see what happens so this first off our first three uh we got ted takasaki babe winkleman and al lindner Ooh. so which one you want to be your brother-in-law which one you want to be your roommate and which one you want to be your lifetime fishing partner i'm gonna go al linder a lifetime fishing partner i i would probably do the same um so that leaves babe babe and ted ted which one you want nailing your sister <laughs> that's that's what this comes down to that's what this comes down to and which one do you think won't eat all all your food out of here i go with uh babe as my roommate and ted as my uh brother in brother-in-law okay okay that's, that's how that's how i'm gonna roll with that one honestly i think i would probably do the same I think I would probably do the same. Maybe I'd let Babe Winkleman be my brother-in-law. I think he's got a killer cool house up in uh, Minnesota, like on a lake and whatnot. Oh, I guess, uh, you know, if I, you know, if if Thanksgiving's going to already be awkward, we might as well do it at a lake. Oh, that's true. You can go up to northern Minnesota and visit him. So, uh, yeah, that that makes sense. All right. Brother-in-law, roommate, lifetime fishing partner, Seth Fighter, Matt Robertson, Gerald Swindle. Uh... Let's go Swindle as my uh, brother-in-law. Okay. Uh, fighter as my lifetime fishing partner. And Robertson. Robertson, he's, he can marry my sister. <laughs> All right. Because right. he, he's going to be coming down at Christmas time in his undies, walking <laughs> yeah. down the stairs to the kitchen table. What the hell are we having to eat down here? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Jason Mitchell, Brian Brosdahl, Dave Gens. Ooh, we're going to go, I'm, Dave is my roommate. Dave's your roommate, okay. Yeah. He keeps uh, clean house, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Not too noisy, anything no. like that. Pretty no. respectful. Yep. Um, We'll go with Jason Mitchell as lifetime fishing partner. Okay. And, and Brosdale is the, bro's my bro, getting married to bro, your, Brosdale in law, bro and yeah, <laughs> other Brosdale in law, <laughs> Brosdale in law. All right, here's here's one that's going to get a little dicey, little dicey. Jim Gerard, Cody Magnuson, Andy Stromsness. Oh my God, yeah, Stromsness as my brother-in-law because Stromsness because then, then I, I I mean yeah, <laughs> we'll always question, yeah, we'll always question if he's hiding something for that fact. <laughs> Wow. Sorry, Andy. I didn't I didn't say it. Matt did. Um lifetime fishing partner. I'm gonna go with Cody. You're gonna go with Cody? Yeah. Cody's and and you're shacking up uh with well Jim. just roommates, roommates, not shacking up in the he same. You can teach me, yeah, how to build rods. Yep. So All right. Last but not least, Ramrod. My neighbor Jeremy K or Stu the Noob. Oh man, Jeremy K is my brother-in-law. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. Yeah, w- without even question. Jeremy Jeremy K, looking over all those dudes, he'd be he'd be number one brother-in-law. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, even even after you know he's married to your sister and might bless you with a niece or nephew he'd still apologize yeah. about <laughs> hey, so sorry about sorry. that sorry about I really that. you don't I mean, have to get christmas <laughs> gifts it just gets so expensive <laughs> if it makes you feel any better i really really didn't 100 percent enjoy it so <laughs> exactly <laughs> i thought of you the whole time oh, don't Jesus. jeremy don't jeremy stop <laughs> oh man yes um let's go with Stu as the roommate and I'll go fishing with Ramsey. You will go fishing with Ramrod. Because okay. I don't think I could have him as a roommate. No. No, God, no. <laughs> All you do is, window. yeah, no kidding. <laughs> At least you can just not fish as much. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nope. So That's I'd, pretty good. Yeah. If, if you could if you could tweak it there, if you could tweak it there instead, would, would you tweak, oh, I don't would know. You tweak the scenarios? Um, well, yeah, it'd be fun to come up with some different scenarios and everything like that. Maybe like own a bait shop with, or, you know, like that, or I don't know. Yeah. I could come up with some different scenarios and versions of it. Yep. But either way, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, thanks to Rod Wotan for, for throwing that idea out there. And, uh, um, I don't know, probably something that we'll build on, uh, what would you, what would you, out of all the three of those, which one would you have Rod as? Rod? Yeah. 
Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd go. I'd, I'd lifetime fishing partner with Rod. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, he's pretty knowledgeable. Um, and you know, he's bringing the snacks. That's true too. That's true so. too. Rod's lost a lot of weight. Oh yeah. I, I just saw Rod up oh, there. Did you? And, yeah. Hats off to Rod. I don't know what oh, he's wait, doing, Rod. biking or canoeing or whatever, but, uh, good for you, Rod. You, he, he's lost a lot of weight. So that's good. Yep. So dirt bag. Yeah, he is a dirt bag. That was he was the first dude when I got yep. up there. He said, "Hey, dirt bag." And I looked <laughs> over and there he was. So uh now it's good to see him. So um you know, kind of kind of jumping off kind of jumping off uh that subject a little bit when when I was up there on uh uh Clam Pro Day, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh me and Mockintoon one of the nights uh we were driving along and he was kind of talking about uh, some of these billfish tournaments. And, and by billfish, I mean marlins and, and uh, sailfish or whatever, uh, you know, down in the on the Pacific, on the Atlantic and whatnot. And uh, when they have these big tournaments out there, and I think even some of the charter boats, um, they, they raise flags for every single fish that they catch. You know, they'll go out there and catch a blue marlin, a white marlin, uh, you know, shark, whatever. And they've got flags for each fish. And uh, as they as they catch them they they raise the flag so i mean if you drive by and you see a two blue marlin flags up that means that they've caught two blue marlins and then i think if they tip it upside down that means that they've uh actually i I think maybe if they've actually kept it then they flip it upside down that means that they've harvested it or maybe if if it's upside down that means that they've let it go and then they'll even put a t on it if they've tagged that fish and uh there's a lot of different things that they do down there and uh scott and i were just talking about how weird that would be to see that done around here you know like if if everyone had a small flagpole on their boat and uh you know <laughs> right. you go around crappie fishing and and uh you know you got 13 crappie flags up and you know half of them are upside down because you've ha- harvested half of them you know a couple a couple <laughs> bass that you've let go one walleye and i mean can you imagine just like cruising down the missouri river and you see two guys in a boat and and uh you know they got seven flags up like oh they only need one more but you know man <laughs> oh, that area is hot over them. there <laughs> You want to talk about a Minnesota fish finder? Everybody be buying binoculars. Yeah, you know, you think that uh, when you see a guy grab a net, like, ooh, gotta go. No, you just wait till you see him raising the flag. (laughs) Uh, That would be interesting. That would be kind of funny, kind of cool. I mean, yeah, for different species, you know, you think about like musky. If they got one, it's like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Look at those guys. I think like if you were doing with the panfish one, you'd have to have colors. Yeah, like we have five or less. Yeah, you know, right, like a blue, right. a blue yep. crappie flag up. You know, we got our limited ten, like red crappie flag up. It means we're done. We're going home. Now, I I wonder, like, I mean, hypothetically, if that would ever happen, you know, like DNR comes by, like, ooh, they yeah. say they've got three limits of crappie. Yeah. Like, we're gonna go and check <laughs> to make sure be. that they're good counters. Yep. But I don't know. I, I think ju- they should. I think we should do it for like rough, rough fish. Like, if we catch a sheep's head. Yeah, have a sheep's head one up there and just, just run that sucker up. Just people, an yeah. actual sheep flag, like an actual <laughs> picture of a sheep on a flag. People be looking at us like, "What are these fools doing?" I mean, they already do, but yeah, exactly. I I feel like uh, um, probably the musky fishermen, you know, like you mentioned, that's that's one of those that that you could actually do. You know, yeah. if you go out bluegill fishing, I mean, you'd spend so much time raising flags, you wouldn't have any time to actually fish, but. Uh, you know, I mean, if a person goes out and catches, you know, even three muskies out of the same boat in a day, it's like, holy moly, like they are having a banner day. Yeah. And uh, it would it would take a lot of the questions at the ramp away or while you're out there fishing. Nobody would come rolling up and be like, catching them? Yeah. <laughs> All you do is point up. Yep. <laughs> you see that? One. <laughs> <laughs> you see that? <laughs> we got a flag up. Yeah. Check the flag. Check the flag. No, I don't know. I I think uh, you know. Obviously, there there's not a ton of similarities in between, uh, um, you know, the big ocean, deep sea, offshore fishing, and and uh, the small lakes here in the upper Midwest. But I what did, what other like cool adaptations you've done that down there in Florida and everything like that? Like, is there anything that's like specific to saltwater, like that they do after they catch a fish or something? That I don't you know, know. Everything us up here is. Everything is just so different down there. I mean, the bait looks different, uh, you know, just how, uh, 
you know how they how they go about everything and and uh you know i've 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 fished off the coast of mexico i don't know maybe three miles out or something like that it, it was nothing crazy and i've fished off the coast of fort myers beach florida and uh you know maybe 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 we got a mile out the one time we've done more inshore fishing and um you know i guess uh the inshore fishing when we were fishing it, it would be probably similar if you were we, we were up in the mangroves and you would try to cast up underneath those mangroves right. and and go but uh um as far as like uh the things that they do down there compared to the things that we do up here just there's really no similarities yeah i i don't know that aside from the rod everything everything's different the way you know oh, the even boats the, you know the center right. console boats and even the rod i mean they got to look at our equipment that we use and be like what are you using that little thing for yeah, I mean, yeah. you're gonna break off yeah, yeah. you're right <laughs> it's like yep. holy buckets yep so i don't know it's 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 interesting but uh yeah just it's it's a whole different world and you know i i don't know it's not it's it's almost like it's not even the same fishing you know i mean right. it just there, what, there's nothing similar to it if you were going to have designate colored flags to each fish what color would each fish in your mind get up here yeah green would be walleye really not largemouth bass i don't know i i guess now that you say it like yeah i guess that would probably make I mean, more it's, sense hey, it's your flag you put your flag. Maybe up. you fly your colors the way you want to fly them. Gold would be walleye. All right. Green nice. would be largemouth. Yellow would be yellow perch. Um, brown would be smallmouth. Blue would be bluegill. Silver would be crappie. And I think that pretty much covers most of of what we got up here. Uh, northern pike would be like a snot green. <laughs> Like neon green, like mixed with a little bit of brown, like snot green, and and muskies. I suppose you could probably go with that. That would be uh, like a dull green with an orange star on it. <laughs> right. That's what it would be. You hey, would know. You flag. would know. Yeah, it's my flag. <laughs> like, don't, flag. don't laugh at the way my flags are. What, what would you up. go with? Oh, green for largemouth bass. I would go. Yellow would be walleye. Brown would be smallmouth bass. I'd go with orange for yellow perch. Okay. Now yellow perch, but you think of their orange fins and stuff yep, like yep. that. So you kind of go with the orange there. Um, crappie, obviously. Yeah, gray, silver, something like that. Northern. I'm going to go with red for northern. Really? Yeah, because you always end up cutting yourself and bleeding that's all true. over the damn that's place true. with those things you're thinking into so, this long ways so musky i go straight up black because it's just like badass what would catfish be catfish i'm gonna go with well bluegill would be blue catfish i would probably go with white white yeah the direct opposite of what you know they're a dirty <laughs> fish <laughs> I'll go with white, just to make uh, them feel channel good. Channel catfish got the white belly and everything. Yep. Like no, that, that's so. fair enough. That's and it's fair my enough. damn flag, like yeah. you said. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I didn't criticize you. I didn't criticize you one bit. <laughs> I do got to tell you one thing, Matt. Last year at this very time, uh, after I had gone up there to pro day, uh, we we kind of had an episode where we talked a little bit about meat markets, oh, and yeah. and I think we talked about McDonald's meat. I think it was up in, I don't know, freaking some some place up there in minnesota kind of i don't know i would say within 100 miles of of minneapolis it probably yep. was maybe 50 miles of minneapolis or something maybe up closer to st cloud or something but place was the bomb.com had freaking killer cool stuff and whatnot and i'm pretty sure that's the place that that me and oiler stayed now this year we're gonna go a little bit different going different we're not going meat markets we are talking about straight up mom and pop's hometown bakeries Ooh, you got any bakeries right off the top of your head that it's like if you are in this town like come hell or high water you are swinging into this bakery now i couldn't i couldn't exactly think of any when i was thinking earlier and uh, i gotta say i should have probably sent you a text message and said hey i want i want some of your top-notch bakeries but when you're up there by alexandria is there any bakeries in any of those small towns or anything not not necessarily like no small mom and pop stores. No. There's like 
uh, yeah, you know, the grocery store up there, Eldon's has some pretty good stuff in there. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, in New Prague, Minnesota, Lau's Czech Bakery. Oh, yeah, I bet. If I lived, I, I would I would honestly, that place is so damn good, I would honestly consider driving up there on a Saturday morning, waking up super early, driving up there just to get donuts and turning and burning right on back. Like, they were that freaking good. That's awesome. The only, the only thing that I'm going to hold against them is that they didn't have glazed twists. Ooh. And I do love glazed twisters. <laughs> I love a good glazer. But uh, this this place, I mean, it, it was it was like straight out of a freaking movie. And New Prague's a, a really cool city. I mean, it, it I mean it is a city. It is part of Minneapolis, <laughs> despite what the residents tell you. Now, actually, like you got to drive through about four cornfields in between there and Minneapolis, <laughs> and then you're there. But uh, um, like a really nice, vibrant downtown, like a lot of small town mom and pop oh, shops yeah. and whatnot. A taxidermy studio right next to the bakery. Well, you can't go wrong there. And you walk into this bakery, and on the right side, cases, 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 stacked full of the best donuts you've ever seen. Like big, luscious donuts. On the left-hand side, kind of like a little bar area with a, a bunch of tables there. All the old timers in there chumming it up, having donuts and coffee. That's what it's about. Shooting right the breeze. There. I mean, you know they were talking about fishing. You know yes, they were. You know it. You know they I were. I mean, there was nothing else. I mean, I'm telling you right now, if grumpy old men lived in New Prague, that's where they were going to spend their money. That's mo- where they're hanging out. And they were going to call each other putzes and, and yep. all sorts of stuff. But I mean, even Scott said, like, I bet you want to go over there and have one of those dudes on the <laughs> show. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know they've got the stories. You could just mm-hmm. tell. Like, they were in the big war. Like, they were. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Just but, to be uh, a fly on the wall in those conversations. Yep. But, uh, God dang it. So, they've got these one kind of donuts. And I knew I was going to forget the name of them. But they're like a square. They're like a square. And, like, they're, like, really fluffy layer of it. And then glaze over top of it, like a glazed donut, but it's kind of different because I got glazers too, and and the seats in my Chevy Colorado can prove it. Like, it <laughs> looks like I was really excited to have donuts, but that was just glaze. That's <laughs> just glaze. It was on Mockin' side. He's like, hey, sorry about that. I'm like, no problem, pal. No problem. They're good. Yep. But, uh, um, and, and so that, I'm going to go ahead and say that that's the best small town bakery I've ever been to, but... There's another one that's close second. What's Royal Bake Shop in Centerville, South Dakota. Now, my job, we are in the baking industry, yep. and we've got sheeter molders down there. We sold them some, some equipment, and uh, they brought us up some donuts one time when they came and picked up the machine, and they got these zebra donuts, I think they're called. Ooh. I mean, like, this place is so freaking good. Like, they'll write on a Saturday morning, like at 8.15 in the morning, Already sold, sold out of zebras. Yep. Like, that's how freaking good they were. And I don't know, Laos Czech Bakery, Royal Bake Shop in Centerville. I'm telling you, those two right there, like, I don't know. That 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 baker, like, bakeries like that, I mean, that's a lost art. It is. It's, it, you know, you mentioned it with, like, the, the meat lockers and stuff like that. Those two things, even though they're opposites, they are so closely related. I mean... And the small towns always had the best ones. Yep. I mean, I can remember coming down to your grandpa's here when I was yep. a kid and everything. I mean, we'd always look forward to that. Your mom worked there. Yep. yep. So it'd be kind of cool to see, like, those things. Make come, a comeback. Yeah. Yep. Come back, you know, like with these bakeries. You see a lot of people starting to do that at-home baking products and stuff yep. like that. But there's just something about walking into one of them small hometown bakeries, just the smell you get. You just, could smell it when you parked the car. Right, right. Like, I mean, it's like, just oh, like, baby. <laughs> Fat Matt was running towards that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, man. No, I I don't know. The, like, hy hy has got great donuts. They, they truly yeah, do. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with Hy-Vee's donuts. I mean, I come from a family that's huge into baking. Like, um, and I will flat out tell you, Hy-Vee's got a good quality donut. I mean, I, I like Casey's General Store donuts. Yeah. I mean, Quick Trip's got a decent donut. Uh, you know, there there's a lot of these places. Uh, you know, that that you know the big chains and whatnot. They got good donuts. I won't knock them, but but there it's is just something, just something different yeah. about that small town mom and pops bakery. So I don't know if any of you listeners are, are listening to this and you got a 
you, you've got to. I, I think I'm going to actually make a Facebook post about this later I think on so this too. week. We need to have like maybe we need to go. I need a database, it. like yeah. where you know, yeah. Me and you, all of a sudden, some Saturday morning, like when it's rainy, we just need to hop in a vehicle and say, just, "Fuck it!" Like we're gonna yep. we're gonna go knock off five of these bakeries. <laughs> we're like, gonna drive around. <laughs> yep. Well, the problem is, is a good break bakery like that, like you said, is only open until usually like ten in the morning. You know, ten eleven in the morning. So yep, that's the truth. Like I mean, my grandpa used to get there and start baking uh, donuts and whatnot at like two thirty three. Right. and you know bam i mean he'd be done he'd, he'd have his eight hours in by freaking 10 <laughs> o'clock and and uh you know it's it's a different way of living it's like milking cows you know i mean right. you, you know it, it, it's not for everybody but uh um, i appreciate those people that do it because uh um for those of you that have ever seen me, you can take a look at me and know, like, hey, that old boy right there, he likes some donuts. I got, I only got three donuts on on uh, oh, Friday wow. morning, and uh, I I kind of controlled myself because Mockenden said, "Is this a two donut morning?" And I said, "This is a, a three, three donut, donut morning." Yeah. When and you I'm, go to a place like that, it, there's, I don't care what kind of diet you're on, whatever you're you're getting at least two or three of them. Well, if I sure. didn't have to drive through that freaking piss poor Minneapolis traffic. I mean, I, I honestly I think if I'd, if, if I'd have had a dozen, I'd have housed a dozen. Housed a dozen. Like, yeah. that's the thing about them good donuts, too. Like, I mean, once, you know, they, they compact. Right. They compact. Like, they're fluffy and whatnot. Well, they, like, melt in your mouth, and it's just, like, pretty soon. Yeah, it's just not like, in your hand. In your <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, yeah, I guess we'll kind of go into it there. I kind of talked about being up there for Clam Pro Day. And uh, last Thursday afternoon, I took off a little bit early from work. Made it up, uh, made it up to Minneapolis just in time for a hellacious thunderstorm to come in. And I don't know if you know what sucks for driving conditions, but that's thunderstorms. And you know where that really sucks? Minneapolis at about 530. Oh gosh, I could about Holy imagine. Holy moly. I was so freaking pissed off, Matt. I was making up swear words. <laughs> I Honest to goodness, I was making <laughs> up swear words. your own language going. So here's the thing. My freaking windshield wipers are grade A dog crap oh and i knew help. they were because when we went down to monona county for ramrod's uh right. um you know then uh eric and ramrod you know we we had all sorts of, of rain down there we were going down wet soppy gravel roads my windshield wipers went bananas but that's like the last time we've had freaking had rain yeah right and then you kind of forget that you need to replace yeah them and you do know, all that so. i mean we went four or five months without a freaking drop of rain so I kind of forgot all about that. My my windshield wipers were bad until I'm freaking going down some four lane freaking freeway and I can barely see. And and you think that'll get those people to slow down? Nope. Holy moly! Like I think speed they go faster. I when think it, they like, do. When weather gets bad, like I think they do. It's like the worse the conditions get, the faster they drive. God, I never wanted to get out of that hell hole so bad. Like I was so pissed <laughs> off. I was making up swear words. I you know freaking. Uh, my, I got my phone doing GPS and you know, like there's, there's three exits and they're all like 50 feet away from each right. other. And it's just like, you know, God knows that dumbass Scott's going to take the exit that like I get off and it's like, Ooh, yeah, this is a, probably not exactly where Scott <laughs> should be. Right. And, uh, um, I don't know. I was, I was struggling. I didn't make any wrong turns, but I was struggling and I was mad and, uh, finally, finally got, uh, finally got there. But I mean, I, I think I, I think I underestimate how big Minneapolis truly is. Like, yeah. you know, I think it's just a, in my mind, it's like, ah, you know, it's like four Sioux Falls is hell. No, it ain't it's like, I mean, massive. It, like I, w I literally felt like I drove through Minneapolis for an hour and a half at 70 miles an hour. I can believe that. And it just kept going just and goes. going and going yep. and going. Like once you start getting into the Metro, like it's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, hell clams got to be here. Nope. It wasn't. But, uh, Finally got there. Uh, clam, as always, makes a hell of a spread. And uh, for those of you guys that don't understand what uh, Clam Pro Day is, um, it's it's uh, where Clam calls up all the people on their promotional staff, uh, invites them up, and uh, they kind of go over all the new products and uh, um, just you know kind of talk about some social media strategies and and all different sorts of stuff like that. It's very inform uh, you know a lot of information thrown at you and, educational yep, and yep and the time for you guys to all kind of get together you don't i mean we all live far apart so you yep. guys were able to get together and yep so they have a thursday night social mm -hmm. night and then they have a friday that that's basically classes and so the thursday night i think they give you that social night just for the fact that everyone you know is hours and hours away from each other you get there and and you can talk to everyone and kind of get that out of your system because on friday when you show up 
I mean, it's not like it's a classroom setting. It's not like you can't have fun, but you know, I mean, you are there to learn. You are there to, to have them, you know, kind of run down all their new products, you know, what they're changing, what they're discontinuing, whatever. And, uh, um, you know, I gotta say, I think, I think they said that clam came out with 64 new SKUs this year. Um, and, and, you know, some of that is, uh, um, you know, uh, pinhead minnows, you know, I mean, each, each different color I'm sure has, has a different deal, but, uh, they kind of actually <clears throat> opened up the presentation saying, you know, the pinhead minnow had been so crazy popular, you know, uh, crazy successful, uh, you know, caught a lot of fish. They were discontinuing it. And I text you immediately you like, did. dude, like, clams getting rid of the pinhead minnow. They're I discontinuing. Was, I was it. like, what? That's what I was thinking. And I think that's what everyone in the damn building was thinking. Like, you know, what are you doing? Like, I mean, the Royal Bake Shop doesn't get rid of the zebra donut. Like, I mean, what are you doing? But uh, what they actually did was uh, the pinhead minnow was made out of lead, and now it's made out of, like, I should probably know I'm in the metal like business, but something. like a zinc oxide yeah. or a zinc something, but a uh, little bit more environmentally friendly, uh, the same the same uh, look, the same design and everything. But they were actually able to, uh, um, instead of on a lead mold, uh, being softer with this harder uh, steel, uh, harder kind of metal, um, they're able to put a little bit more detail in there. And, and I think overall, it, it'll be a really good thing. I think it, if, if anything, they made it better. Oh, so yeah. uh, that that was cool that they uh, that they did that. And so that'll be built underneath of the Pinhead Pro now. Um, they came out with some new XT shacks. And by XT, I thought that it was going to be for guys who were hard on their gear being extra tough. Instead, it's for guys like Scott Mockentune who are extra tall <laughs> and uh, um, kind of a cool design. I, I actually, um, at first I was kind of like, man, I don't know. That kind of looks weird. But uh, um, when I went over there and I, I stepped foot in them, saw them, um, I, I, think, I think it's a good thing. Uh, they they kind of really have a look like those old Chappelle shacks, you know, the, the suitcase style ones that would fold up, you know, that were yeah. like a big rectangle. <laughs> yep. It has that look on the, on the door side. And then it kind of folds into a, a, you know, a regular shack that you think on a sled, you know, regular flip over design. So I don't know. Overall, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they came out with a Jason Mitchell dead meat rod, a midnight edition. And this thing is straight black handles black. The whole entire rod is black. Uh, it looks badass. And then it's got a little spring bobber on the end. I'm probably good for buying about six, eight of them. So, I mean, they are they are bad to the bone. They came out, God dang it, I should know what it was called, but uh, they got a new reel that uh, I held it in my hand, really nice looking reel. And, you know, Clam kind of talked about, uh, you know, five, six years ago, the highest end stuff that Clam had was like a thirty nine ninety nine combo. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't really go after the quality rods you know i mean they weren't going to be the the ones higher up in the price point and, and they've kind of shed that i mean they still have a lot of the entry level stuff but they are working towards getting into a little bit higher quality rods and reels and and you know i'm sure that there's plenty of people out there that spend 150 dollars on a rod and they're going to say that isn't high quality well whatever i mean it 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 is for some people um you know is there better out there probably probably but i got a feeling that that what you're getting for that price point is is probably a pretty sure. fair shake. So, um, they they got a couple new colors uh, in the rise suits. Uh, they kind of have a brown kind of looks like a Carhartt deal. Um, pretty cool. I I personally like it. I personally think you know maybe I might end up with it. Um, I do know that Striker uh, did that uh, a year or two ago already. So I think there's a couple people kind of thinking that there was a little copying being done. Whatever. I mean. You know, I don't know. Somebody somebody had the first ever blue suit, and somebody else made a blue suit. So <laughs> exactly I mean, you know, right. you, you gotta, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, um, yeah, overall, I, I think that okay. So here's a new one that they got. They got a deal called the stoplight bobber. And now I'm personally not a guy that's really gonna fish much with bobbers in a shack. I just never have. That doesn't mean I never will. But I probably should start. But uh, this stoplight bobber actually lights up different colors depending on how good the bite is yeah so that that was kind of a an interesting deal you know something i've never seen anything like that before so uh no, neither have i that was it looks pretty interesting yeah so overall i mean I'm, I'm sure that there's something i'm probably forgetting but uh overall i i think uh um you know it was, it was a good pro day you know i mean got to see a lot of people a lot of people very complimentary of the show um you know a lot of i i 
kind of threw some stuff out there to a couple of people, you know, like, Hey, you know, I got introduced to a couple people by some other awesome people, you know, Hey, getting people on the show. So I think, uh, I think we'll hopefully start working a few of those guys in and, uh, um, you know, obviously a little bit more towards, uh, ice fishing, you know, we'll get a few more of those guys, but, uh, overall, I mean, it was, it, it, I got to admit, like, it's just a really surreal feeling. Like when you're sitting down there at clam pro day, Gary Parsons was across the table and about six people up from me. And it's like, wow, that's That's, pretty badass. Jason Mitchell down at the end of the table. Wow. Pretty badass. I'm sitting next to Don Cox, you know, Timmy Moore sitting behind me, you know, Dave Gens. And they're all thinking, wow, that's Scott Sturman. I I mean, I could kind of see that look in their eyes where they're like, is that really him? And I, I, I mean, I basically, I had a, I, I, I held a sign up that says, guys, autographs later. I'm here to learn. (laughs) I thought you might have been the keynote speaker this year. I was. I was. Good. I was. I mean, I got up there and I said, hey, guys, I know you want to hear from me, but I got to let some of the little dogs on the team, you know, have (laughs) have their time. So let's hand it off to Jason Mitchell. Hey. He he did. He told a badass story. Do you know Jason Mitchell was in the military? He didn't. He didn't mention that when no, we talked to him. No, I, and in fact, I didn't ever know about it. But he was actually in the Army Reserves, and uh, he went down to uh, did his basic training in Fort Sill, Oklahoma, I believe. Oh, yeah. And uh, he told he told a freaking funny story. I got to quick tell this story, and, and I'll try to kind of summarize it. A, he said one time he did sneak out and went fishing on base. <laughs> B, uh, the one time he was getting his food, and there was. Uh, bunch of drill sergeants in front of him and they started talking like you know oh yeah you know that that was you know good size whatever you know seven pounds three ounces or, or something like that and uh you know oh wow you know good for you that type of stuff and so uh he he said you know wow you know that's pretty incredible you know the, that's a congratulations on that big bass well they were congratulating him on a baby on, on a new daughter <laughs> And apparently that drill sergeant didn't hear him say the B in bass. So he oh. thought he said something about congratulations on that new ass. And Jason said like he spent the next like three weeks cleaning stuff and doing push-ups. <laughs> so uh, whatever. Um, you, you know, he just, he has such a way with, you know, telling a spectacular story. He's a world-class storyteller. And, oh, and definitely. Uh, whatever. Overall, it was uh, just just really freaking awesome you know just being there and uh um and you and you got officially moved up to ice team well ice cream team ice cream team ice cream team no but mockin was being a jack wagon like he always does um before before this last weekend um and i'm probably even saying this wrong because i don't really know but i think how it, how it used to always be was I think the top tier of, of the Clam Pro staff was considered ice team. And those were the people that, uh, um, you know, had had real partnerships, you know, with a, a bunch of other companies, you know, Vexla or whatever. You know, if you were a pro staff for ice team, you were a pro staff for Johnsonville Brats. You were a pro staff for Vexlar. You were a pro staff for Grizzly Coolers. Uh, you know, all, all these other companies that were all underneath of the ice team umbrella. Um, then there was, I believe like the rung below that, I, I think is what they would call just pro staff. And then there was a rung below that, which was the power stick. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that anyone really ever knew where they were at. I don't know how, how they figured out who was what, I don't know what the difference was. I believe I was a power stick. I never asked. No one ever told me. I just kind of went with it like, yeah, whatever. I got invited to pro day and, and uh, <laughs> right. I got a Jersey and I get to say I'm on the same team as Jason Mitchell and Dave Gunn. So quite frankly, I really don't give a shit what the hell I am. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, you know, but, uh, um, so they, they kind of consolidated everyone underneath of the ice team umbrella. I'm sure that there's still going to be different, uh, you know, different rungs of, of hierarchy, you know, um, some somebody like Dave Gens is obviously worth a lot more to clam than somebody like Scott Sturman and and rightfully so. You know, I don't know. Maybe Dave don't pay for no shacks. Maybe he gets twelve shacks every year for free. I don't know what the hell happens. None of my business don't truly care. But uh everyone now is is considered the ice team. So uh I don't know, that that is cool because, you know, like my wife got me a sweatshirt one time that said ice team on it. 
And it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, you know, it's badass. Like, I know some of them dudes, but, yeah. like, you know, it, it, it is kind of weird to wear a sweatshirt for a pro staff that I'm not a part of, you know. No, I totally <laughs> you, get that. You know, but uh, overall, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a cool thing. Uh, I got some ice team gear, and I guess I get to wear it a little bit more proudly now. And uh, um, my, my guess is that they, they knew they got themselves into a pickle originally having Scott Mockentune on the ice team, and they thought, oh, man. He's on the ice team, so... Yeah, he's... Ugh. I mean, he is bottom rung. Right. Maybe we need to get all these other guys up there. Yeah. And just ev- call, we'll just call everybody ice team. Since, everyone else I mean, is on you, the ladder. if we let him on there, we better let everybody Yeah, on everyone there. else is on the ladder on different rungs, but Scott being as tall as he was, he never really got on the ladder to begin with. Because, exactly. You know, that's, he's on the bottom rung. In fact, he's not even They wanted the just to swap you two positions, but they figured, no, nah, we don't want to hurt his feelings, so we're just going to make everybody... Ice team. There is a metric boatload of Scots, Scots. Oh, on, I know. on that ice Scott. team. <laughs> like Scott Olson, Scott Mockentune, Scott Merwin, Scott Sturman. I think there's a Scott Brewer. I think yep. there's a Scott Brower. Brower. There's <laughs> Scott's there's Scots all over the place. Yeah. And I mean it's a fishy name. Like, I mean, when people hear you <laughs> name Scott, they're like, Oh, yeah. that dude catches them. They're either gonna well, they need to have like a a Scott stick or something like that. Scotty stick. Yeah. That'd be badass. That would be badass. Beam them up with the Scotty stick. I think there's talk (laughs) that, uh, I think there's talk that, uh, Scott Brower's thinking about making a Scotty. There we go. It would make sense. You could, Oh, right. You, you could, you could knock off like six six people. I named it after you. Yeah. 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 That's after Congratulations, pal. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Nope. But, uh, yeah, whatever. It was, uh, it was a cool deal. Um, I mean, I'm, uh, super excited to be a part of that team. And, uh, um, I don't know, going yeah, up there was, that yeah. weekend, it, it, it's just fun seeing all those dudes, seeing all the new products and, you know, kind of, kind of recharging the batteries and, uh, you know, getting ready for ICs and, you know, getting it's, ready to, it's fun to look at all the pictures that everybody posted yep. from online and just see, I mean, you can, it's genuine smiles and everybody happy to see each other and having a good time up there and yep. while also learning and promoting quality, great products. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing, like, uh, and, and and clam does a really good job at at telling us like strikers striker makes good gear right you, you know don't I mean? see anybody Otter ever makes bashing good gear. other yeah. gear it, yep. they're just promoting doing what they're supposed to do and yep. and being 100 percent honest you know i've my my first shack that that me and eric my brother ever got we got a soup suitcase style chappelle but i've owned clam ever since my first ever ice suits were clam it wasn't because I wanted to be on Clam's team. It was because I went to Shields, and that's what they had. I bought a non-thermal Nanook, and I freaking fished out of that. I've caught more damn fish in that freaking non-thermal Nanook. Up. I wish I had that bugger back because that shack was the bomb.com. Like, so light, so – God dang it, I love that jack. But, uh, um, you know, my first my first ice suits, you know, I, I loved them too. And I just always kept buying the same stuff because that's always what I had. And, you know – yeah, I, I'm 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 a clam guy. Probably always will be, but you know, get get what you can afford, get what you like. But I, I don't know. Every everybody's making quality gear now, and and oh, definitely. Uh, you, you're not wrong for for doing anything. You know, if, if especially if you're on the used market, like go freaking check. You know, I mean, find whatever you can used. But I, I I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm a clam guy. I, I know I'm happy. I know that my buddies that have clam stuff, they're happy. So, uh, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Probably probably not exactly what you're supposed to say if you're on a pro staff. Like, no, hell no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, um, no, yeah, like I said, is what it is. So, um, we're, we're 59 minutes in. Uh, I'd, I suppose uh, we can get to the Freedom Brew good news stories of the week. Uh, Freedom Brew. Our buddies over in Larchwood, Iowa, got the best little coffee cabin that there is. Um, if you're going through Larchwood, they're kind of by the baseball diamonds. I think you can go on Google and uh, type in Freedom Brew, and I think it'll bring you there. But uh, I'm overdue on some Freedom Brew. Yeah, we need to get over there. Maybe we need to take a drive like Saturday morning or something. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Wouldn't uh-huh. be a bad idea at all. That, that's the one good thing. You know, normally if I tell the wife, you know, yeah, I'm going to go do this on Saturday morning. Normally she's like, uh, I tell her I'm going over to get coffee and I'll bring her one back. 
Okay. Hell yeah, All letter right. buck. So you better get going. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Like, I don't want you. I don't want you sitting around here another minute. So yeah. <laughs> nope. Uh, if you're going through Larchwood, stop by those guys. Uh, tell them that you're a dirt bag. Uh, um, uh, I gotta say, pretty killer, cool, awesome coffee. Pretty killer, cool, awesome people. So, uh, Matt, you got a good news story? Uh, I do. I I'm just gonna. My wife Emily started a new job over at our schooling or neighboring school district in West Lyon this year. Uh, after 14 years here at Central Lyon at the same school building as myself, that's how we met and everything like that. So she's actually teaching over there, and she's an assistant for the high school marching band. And I went over; they had their parent showcase the other night, and I went over there and watched them. And you know, I thought they sounded absolutely amazing because. They also have a brand new high school director this year too, fresh out of college. Really? So, you know, from what I heard and saw, I thought they did a, are doing an amazing job on that. And, uh, you know, their eyes, they're never going to be, it's just like a coach, you know, you're never yep. going to be, yep. it's like, you're, you're never satisfied. You could always do better and everything like that. But, you know, I think they're doing a pretty awesome job and yeah, I'm just super proud and it's been a, a, a little bit of a change for both of us. So. Oh, yeah, I believe that. I actually got a Snapchat here. That's what I heard. She just actually texted me and said, ask his... Is Matt's wife our new band teacher? You want to know who sent that? Freedom Brew Austin. <laughs> that's right. So, <laughs> Yep. So, that's kind of funny when you start saying that. I'm like, I got a Snapchat tonight. But uh, Yeah, so there we go. Yep. Um. Golly, I feel like I should have a good news story and this I whole think- entire time that you were... Uh, you guys, were bringing it up, I kind of... You guys had, you and Mockatoon had a little adventure coming back from Pro Day. Oh, yeah. Helping. Yeah. You guys friendly help along the highway. Yeah, I, I, I can, I mean, I, I can talk about that. I, I kind of feel like maybe I'd be tooting my own horn a little bit there, but uh, it was one of those deals we were... I don't know where the hell we were. We were in some part of Minneapolis. I know Mockentoon would tell me, like, nah, we were in Eden Prairie or ah, we were in Coon Rapids. Like, that's all <laughs> Minneapolis. That's all Minneapolis. All it's right. just different neighborhoods of Minneapolis. Right. But uh, we were someplace in Minneapolis, and uh, we were going down one busy road, and we were getting onto another busy road, and there's a Suburban on the side of the road. And I said to Mockentoon, like, we're stopping. We've got to stop. And he's like, yeah, I think we should. So we pulled over. I get out and I look, Iowa plates. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So I see it's Emmett County. So as we're walking up, I said to the guy, I'm like, so you're from Emmitsburg? And he kind of looks at me funny, like, you know, what? And he's like, no, nah, I'm from Esterville. And I was like, oh, I see you got Emmett County plates. And he's like, oh, well, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from Rock Rapids, Iowa. I said, you know, far northwest corner, but... Uh, I think I probably mentioned it last week, but I was down in Brit for hobo days, Brit, Iowa, um, down by clear Lake here, uh, um, last weekend. So I said, yeah, I was actually down through that area last weekend. So we kind of started talking. I said, you know, what do you got going here? It didn't look like any of his tires were flat or whatever. And he said, well, I think my gas tank rusted off. Like the bracket that held his gas tank up rusted off and it fell onto his drive shaft. And I'm like, well, oh, wow, we are officially over my head. Like I could, I could probably help you, you know, get a new tire on. Um, and that's probably the top end. Like if you need, if you ran out of gas, I can probably get you someplace to get some gas. Like, I don't know nothing about uh fricking rusted off gas tanks or whatever. And, uh, he said, no, no. He said, I actually got another suburban that this happened to. And, uh, yeah, I just got to get underneath of there with a Jack and lift the gas tank up and I ratchet strap it in. And he said he had on his other suburban, he'd been running like that for four years. <laughs> like, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> so right. I'm like, well, I'm sure I got a Jack in my pickup somewhere. So I went back and kind of flipped around the seats and ah, hell yeah, there it is. So brought him over a jack he jacked that thing up he was underneath there no problem like i said he knew what the hell he was doing he had a ratchet strap and uh ratchet strapped that thing up dropped the jack i gave him my pocket knife he cut the excess of the ratchet strap and he says yep i think we're good so we shook his hand he was up there for a 21 pilots uh 21 pilots commercial 21 pilots concert and that's that that one song that's like something do, do stressed out. <laughs> you know what I'm talking? Yeah, I know, yo, I know who yep. they are. Yeah, but I, I didn't. I, didn't, I, I felt like I had heard them before and or heard of them, and I was like, oh hell, I'm not exactly sure on Twenty One Pilots, but whatever. Good dude. I don't know if he was with his wife or his girlfriend or whatever, but uh, 
yeah, we, we got him going again. And then after we stopped, he said, he had said that he was there for like a long time. And like, he was trying to lift up that gas tank and couldn't get it nowhere. And no one right. ever stopped. Hell, once we stopped, then a couple other people stopped. And I suppose, you know, once you get two people there, it's like, ah, two people aren't going to mug me. Right. <laughs> you know, it's so, safe, to, so, safe to pull over. Yeah. But, uh, whatever. Um, oh, that's good stuff by you guys. Yeah. I mean, you was, never know. Like, it was always pull over, help fun. other people out. Yep. It's. I don't know. You know me. I just want to pull over just to talk to him. Yeah, like find I, out the story. Yeah, exactly. Like, what oh, the hell right. you got going there? That's cool. Well, yeah. good luck. Hopefully you get it and yeah. jump in your vehicle and go. Yeah, don't come around Rock Rapids anymore because I don't want to be the guy that's around when that gas tank drops again on a drive shaft. I, I don't, he said it was what making you, a grinding noise. But, but, like, what do you suppose his mental state of mind is when he sees a guy pulling up at a Chevy Colorado with umpteen thousand sleds stacked in the back of it like what 20 you, clams <laughs> no, what is, pallet. is he the thinking no please don't stop please don't stop, no please. no <laughs> he's like holy shit this dude's going sledding yeah and I'm, th- and I'm thinking about it so uh yeah if you got a uh if you got a need for a clam yukon sled uh get a hold of me i got yeah. uh got a whole pallet load to get rid of so um nope but uh We'll call an we'll call an end to episode one eighty four there. Uh, I think uh, this coming week we'll be back uh, with some guests getting into football season. This uh, coming week, uh, high school yeah. football starts. I think there's some college football that starts. I'm going to have to actually get my Hulu account going again. Uh, I kind of quit that after March Madness and whatever summer we're outside. But uh, football coming around again. I need to start watching me some football. So. Uh, Um, I'm ready. You bet. You bet. So uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 184. We'll see you next week on 185. Later. Later.